dialogue is still not very open uh, because it's a very very small uh, industry in india right now obviously it has a very good potential to grow and that's why supreme court verdict in march is so important that uh, people have started to recognize that and i hope regulators uh, you know hear those arguments as well and starts to interact with users and crypto companies to basically regulate the crypto market rather than banning it outright Welcome back to the Global Startup Movements. I'm your host, Andrew Berkowitz. And four months ago now, a banking ban on cryptocurrency business was overturned by India's Supreme Court, which allowed for multiple startups to enter and start serving uh, India's very nascent cryptocurrency market. And then about two weeks ago now, in mid-June, rumors started to circulate when an Indian news site, The Economic Times, started to suggest in an article that lawmakers in India might be considering a new ban on crypto. Moving forward, regulation of cryptocurrencies in India remains somewhat unclear, but we are lucky enough to have Ashish Shinghal to help us with some context and insight into what's going on. He's joining us from Bangalore, India, and is the CEO and co-founder of Sequoia-backed CruxPay, as well as Coinswitch.co, which is an aggregator for cryptocurrency exchange platforms through which any user can access the crypto markets. Ashish, welcome to the show. Hey, Andrew. Nice to be here. Before we really dive into what's going on in India's crypto ecosystem and the regulations, um, I want to unpack a couple things from your LinkedIn bio. First, you say you are a hacker to the core and a winner of all major hackathons in India, including those hosted by Sequoia, Google, Amazon, and LinkedIn. Uh, And then the second thing is you are also an ex-Amazon software development engineer and leader of the team that built Amazon's Prime's uh, one-hour delivery model. And so those are quite the accolades. And so what's going on with all these hackathons, man? Are you just kind of showing up, cleaning house, and going on to the next one? Or are you just kind of, like, what's what's going on there? So I like building products, and hackathons are a good way to showcase, you know, uh, in, our, in our daily life or in our job, we work on predefined products. But in hackathons are the ways where we can innovate and we can build things and build things fast, right? So me and my team loves to participate in hackathons. And uh, when you're winning them, then obviously your motivations are high and you keep on, you know, doing uh, better and better every time. Yeah. So in, in the three years that we were doing hackathons, we were lucky enough to win almost every hackathon that we participated in. And it was a really great feeling to be building, you know, new products, which are getting recognized by the organizers and the people who participated in these hackathons. And so were any of these hackathons, the like the starting basis of for what became CruxPay or Coinswitch.co? Or are these just kind of, you know, fun projects that you, you just move on from afterwards? So some of them were fun projects. Some of the projects were taken by big companies and, you know, actually implemented into products as well. So one of our ideas of uh, disaster management, uh, which happened in India, uh, you know, whenever a natural calamity happens, how do you track people so that you can send them help uh, is being implemented by World Bank. So we were fortunate enough to be, to have built some substantial things as well. Uh, coming to Coinswitch, so it started as a hack itself, which we didn't build in a hackathon, but a hack for ourselves. As you know, the price of a crypto varies from one exchange to another because of different supply and demand. So we built an aggregator to help us trade better, to figure out where the right prices are. Uh, And we made it public and realized, you know, that that was the need of the hour. And a lot of people started using it. 
uh, in fact, in, within a week, we were doing over $100,000 a day in volume, right? So, so yeah, so it started as a hack, but now we are a full-fledged company catering to, uh, you know, simplifying uh, crypto for our users. Well, that's awesome. And I do feel like the hackathon spirit is what birthed a lot of different cryptocurrency startups over the past few years. But why don't we, why don't we start this off going back to the first week in March of this year? Sure. When, when the Supreme Court of India kind of overturned that 2018 ruling um, by the Reserve Bank of India, which prohibited Indian banks from dealing with cryptocurrency exchanges. Um, and so can you kind of walk us through that first week of March and um, what, what kind of the aftermath of this decision looked like? Sure. So uh, in March, we were dealing with two big changes. Uh, one was COVID and the other was the crypto ban being lifted. So the result of both were kind of positive for the crypto industry because of the COVID reason, the markets, the other markets of mutual fund stocks were in turmoil and crypto was seeing a good adoption because of it. And second, because now uh, after the Supreme Court has reversed uh, the RBI decision, a lot of Indian traders were uh, started becoming active on different platforms, right, including CoinSwitch. So we, we saw a huge growth of users uh, in March. Uh, for both of these reasons, mostly relating to the government clarifying that the use of crypto. So, so yeah, so the growth was tremendous. We we ourselves saw a 154% uh, increase in our volume through India uh, during that time. And the user growth was over 4x. So a lot of users were signing up and, you know, uh, started dealing with cryptocurrencies after the uh, reversal of the ban. But so before this decision, like, were there still exchanges operating in like a rogue manner? Like what, or was it a complete, a complete lockdown of crypto? It wasn't a complete lockdown. So people found different ways, uh, which were kind of in the gray area where the clarity wasn't perfect. So people started running P2P exchanges because banks were not allowing uh, crypto companies to have bank accounts where they can hold people's fund and allow them to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. How uh, exchanges innovated in that field is by allowing P2P transactions to happen through their platform. So as a user, I can go to their platform and they will connect me to some other user who can then help me buy and sell cryptocurrencies, right? So rather than as, as an exchange, uh, keeping the funds by themselves, they basically connect people who can then do the buy and sell of cryptocurrencies. So obviously the user experience wasn't optimal, but it it still kept uh, the crypto alive in India. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, and after the ban has lifted, now even companies like us who never operated in India uh, because of the ban, have launched a product which is similar to Coinbase, right? Where you can simply deposit INR and buy hundreds of cryptocurrencies with ease, right? Uh, similar to how you order food online, the experience is as simple as that, right? And a lot of other companies are also now innovating in this field because uh, the banks are now supporting them. Right, that makes sense. And so before this, were there a lot of companies based in India that were crypto companies and were operating in global international markets, but just had like a domestic features turned off. Is it was was that the case? So there weren't a lot of companies. I would say CoinSwitch was an exception because we took that decision very early in our uh, journey, right? So we we started focusing on global and the model that we were operating in 
demanded that you know we we could be global rather than uh, having to serve locally uh, but a lot of other exchanges didn't had that uh, liberty because a lot of other exchanges were dealing with ina so uh, they had to be they had to innovate locally but uh, and you, so were, you said dealing with dealing with what uh, inr which is rupee the the local currency uh, got it right so because they were dealing with the local cur- fiat currency they had they, they didn't had any other way but to innovate locally right uh, but companies like us which who deals mostly with crypto to crypto conversions were a- were able to you know tweak our business model and cater to the wider audience rather than just staying in india and so what what has been the rapport or just kind of the relational dynamic between the fintech and cryptocurrency ecosystem in india and the regulators like have you, has there been good healthy open dialogue between the two or has there been more so of kind of like a standoffish some friction between those two stakeholders um like what what's been what's been the dynamic i think it's it's the second so it's uh, it's not an open dialogue at this point uh i think mainly because of two reasons crypto is very new to the regulators so first of all it takes time to understand the use cases second uh there are a lot of people who got defrauded because uh, of you know a lot of scams which are running uh, in cryptocurrencies and government wanted to protect those right so so because of these two reasons they acted very quickly in banning the cryptocurrencies rather than understanding the need and use of it and how it can be regulated better right until today or even even now right the the dialogue is still not very open uh because it's a very very small uh industry in india right now obviously it has a very good potential to grow and that's why supreme court verdict in march is so important that uh people have started to recognize that and i hope regulators uh you know hear those arguments as well and starts to interact with users and crypto companies to basically regulate the crypto market rather than banning it outright and so this latest article that was put out in in the Economic Times with I guess uh what was it an anonymous government source what do you think is going on with that article That article had few things correct but I feel that few things were not presented in the right way so the bill that they mentioned in the article was proposed was proposed in February 2019 by then uh finance secretary uh to outright ban cryptocurrencies it obviously didn't take into account the supreme court verdict which happened you know almost a year later and uh, since that bill was proposed it meant to be heard uh, and it meant to be discussed right so uh, but we don't know the extent of which that would be implemented since the supreme court has come out with uh, a positive towards cryptocurrency we assume that this bill would be modified and would have uh, would go through multiple iterations and those iterations would hopefully involve uh, a dialogue between government and crypto companies as well before that is implemented right so uh, if uh, you know calling it uh, outright ban now is probably not uh, what uh, this this uh, you know the, the article which it laid out to be it probably what that was not the case and uh, if you would have asked me one year back there was a very much possibility that it could happen but today seeing the circumstances there is less likelihood of it being implemented the way it was proposed and hopefully it would uh, you know result in a positive regulations rather than uh, banning crypto outright
Right. And I mean, you mentioned that the crypto ecosystem is still very, very small in, in India. Like, is it, would you say that most of the startups and the talent are concentrated in Bangalore? Or are you seeing that there's maybe multiple cryptocurrency hubs that are emerging in, in different cities in the country? So there are, so it's not just Bangalore. Uh, so Mumbai, Delhi are also, you know, contributing a lot of crypto startups. Bangalore is particularly interesting because uh, a lot of uh, VCs, a lot of startups have grown from here, right? So the talent pool and, uh, you know, the, the availability of money here is much higher. So that is why a lot of people start in Bangalore, but it's not true to say that, you know, the crypto revolution is only happening in Bangalore. It is equally happening in Mumbai, which is the financial uh, hub of India and Delhi, uh, right? So it's equally spread out. Uh, Bangalore has a little more to contribute, but uh, other cities are uh, catching up, if not doing better. And what what city is the federal government located in? Uh, federal government is in Delhi. Is in Delhi, okay. And so, and so, is that like are you finding there's a big presence there because, like, I mean, at least here in the, in in DC, like there is a lot of uh, relatively a lot of lobbying efforts of you know the blockchain and cryptocurrency ecosystem to the government. So is that effort or force developing there or is it kind of you know the entrepreneurs just communicating from afar so uh, we have a body which is called imi uh, representing crypto companies interest to the government so none of the companies are directly interacting with the government but uh, through an association uh, we are able to communicate our thoughts to them and able to collect them together make a strong case for crypto before presenting it to the government right so instead of so companies geography has very little to do uh, of the impact that it can create uh, in the regulation in the coming regulations right it's mostly uh, creating a co- uh, a comprehensive set of guidelines that First of all, as companies, we follow to protect users. Second, able to communicate the same to the government through IMI and making sure that government consider those uh, requests, right? So uh, I wouldn't say that physical location is any foundation uh, for government to hear us. And so if we, if we zoom in on the kind of consumer demand side of the coin, like what would you say in India are the most popular cryptocurrencies? I mean, obviously, I'm sure Bitcoin is the big one, but are there any any particular co- you know altcoins or currencies outside of Bitcoin that is particularly gaining a lot of traction in India? So Ethereum is something which is you know uh, I would say equally uh, needed in India or equally in demand in India. Uh, so there are a lot of developers in India. India has a very huge developer base. Which who are now innovating on the Ethereum platform itself, right? And the demand as well as the knowledge of Ethereum is spreading across like wildfire. And a lot of users, uh, obviously, when they hear about cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin is a default that they hear about. But once they get know about Bitcoin, Ethereum is the next one that they that they get into. Awesome. Cool. Well, Ashish, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? Anything maybe um, you know, over the coming down the pipeline, you know, what's your, what are your hopes or vision for where crypto goes in India in the short term? 
So in the short term, I, I see a lot of potential in crypto. The financial market being in turmoil gives crypto a good boost uh, in, in the sense that retail investors would want to try it out. Uh, obviously, the crypto market itself volatile, but uh, they can hedge their bets in crypto market, right? And India has a very big uh, potential because uh, a huge chunk of the population has disposable income, which that they can, uh, you know, invest in cryptocurrencies. So India as a whole has a very good future in crypto. Uh, multiple things need to happen for that growth to actually materialize. First is set of regulations and clarity coming out from the government, making sure that uh, users are not feeling uh, the uncertainty and they know how it's going to be taxed, what is the regulation status and making sure the user interests are protected. Second thing that needs to happen is good products, right? Uh, simple to use products. Crypto in itself is a little complicated uh, topic for a lot of people, right? And uh, trading, although there are traders in a lot of trading community in India, but a huge potential lies in the retail market as well, right? So we, we need to build good products uh, in India which can simplify crypto for a lot of users and help them get into crypto with these. So, yeah, so these two things need to happen before, you you know, we can see the full potential of the Indian crypto market. Well, Ashish Singhal, co-founder at CruxPay and Coinswitch.co. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thanks for inviting me.